Thanks for joining us for Open Bible Online today. Open Bible Baptist Church has been in South Jersey for over 60 years. We love this community and we want to be a help to you. In order to help us help you in the best way possible, would you do us a favor? Please fill out the digital connection card posted in this link. Here you could post prayer requests and also ask any questions you may have about Open Bible. If you'd like to give today, you could give online in less than two minutes. Visit openbiblenj.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service. Hey, if you have your Bibles, just bring your Bibles. Good. Open your Bible to, um, to 1 Timothy. Join me there, 1 Timothy, this evening, chapter number 2. And let's, let's read together in verse 1 and 2 when you, when you get there. 1 Timothy, chapter number 2. Two, and let's read uh, together verse one. You ready? I'll, I'll read out loud. You follow along. I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Verse 3 says, for this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior. Amen? Amen. And the Lord had a blessing to the reading of His holy word. Now, I want to talk just real, real practically tonight, real practically about praying for our nation and praying for America. And I trust we pray, trust we have a time of prayer. I trust you have in your your Christian walk, you've built a prayer life, right? You know what a prayer life is. I hope you do. It's time spent with God each day in a very sobering, very serious, very, you know, um, personal way, just talking to God and, and just sharing your heart and unburdening your heart. And I would hope that one of the things that we pray for is our nation. And that's where you find in this text the Apostle Paul exhorting the church to pray, right? He says, he says to pray for all men. But then specifically, he reminds in verse number two, he says especially for kings and for those who are in authority. So pray for all men. I exhort therefore, let me just pause for a second. I won't say much about this. But when he says I exhort, exhort therefore, that is all predicated upon what he said in chapter number one. In chapter number one, he begins to speak about, you know, some of the ungodliness and some of the things going on that he uh, was, you know, surrounded by, familiar with. And as a result, he says, I exhort you as a result of that to pray. Pray for all men, but especially for those in authority, for kings and for those in authority. And the reason why is this, so that we might, we might live a quiet, peaceful, godly life. That's a pretty good reason to pray. Right? So we ought to pray for those in authority so that in return we might be able to live a quiet, peaceful, godly life. That's a good prayer. Huh. I think if we were to look at a, an Old Testament counterpart to this text, we call them sister text. I would, I would say it would be 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 14. Look at the screen. 
If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face, turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will heal their land. Now, I know in context that was spoken to the nation of Israel, but all Scripture is given by inspiration to God and is profitable, right? God's preserved it, and I believe we can pray that prayer, and I believe God answered that prayer. But did you notice the conditions? He didn't just say, pray for America, and I'll, I'll heal her land. No, he said, if my people will what? Humble themselves, pray, seek my face, and turn from their wicked way. So he gives some conditions. And then he says, if we'll do that, then he'll heal, heal the land. He'll you know, hear from heaven and reach down and touch our land and heal our land. So this is a call for national prayer, right? National prayer. And I'm sure you're aware of this, that next week, our nation has a birthday, right? You know how old she's going to be? How old? 247 years. Our nation's 247th birthday will be next week, right? 1776, 2023. That's 247 years. I was talking to our young people last Saturday. I did a devotion with them about the flag, and I had, I had the flag here and talked about what the stripes represent, the 13 stripes and, and the stars and the colors, you know, and we had, a, we had a really good time. And I asked them this question. I said, so, so are you patriotic? You know, and they were wanting a little nudging, and I said, are you patriotic? <laughs> you know, and they're good kids. But we ought to be patriotic. I'm very patriotic. I love our nation. I, I, there's a lot of things I don't like about it, but I'm glad I'm an American. And I've been to enough foreign countries to want to get back to America, as crazy as it is at, at times, and, and just thankful that I'm an American. I think we ought to salute the flag. And I'm not going to get into any of that. I think we ought to say, uh, or we ought to pledge our allegiance Huh? And I think we should pray. I think we should pray for our nation. So my question is this to you. How do we pray for America? What, what do we pray for? And you know, if you attend on Wednesday nights, I like to get a little input and, you know, talk with you a little bit. Uh, my buddy John over here is always John and Barry, right? Man, I mean, they're just filled with wisdom, you know? So how do we pray for America? What do we pray for? What do you pray for America? Help us a little bit. Go on, join in. Just let us know. I, I know you love to talk. Say so who? Pray for the president. That's good. That's good. John, that's a good prayer. I know you couldn't hear him. John, John said he prays for the leadership, for the authorities, for the, for the powers to be, that God would... would uh, you know, restrain them from restraining us in preaching the gospel. That's a specific prayer, right? That's a good prayer. What else, what else should we pray? I heard somebody say something. Or I, heard some, I thought I heard somebody say revival. Revival, right, George? We'll pray for a revival. For the military. What else should we, should we pray for? Can we say something? Peace. peace. Yeah, peace. That's good. Pray for peace. You can pray for peace, right? Uh, our text finds Paul exhorting. 
Let me just say something about exhort. Exhorting is not a suggestion. <laughs> He's not suggesting we pray. Exhorting is a directive, right? Paul is saying you ought to pray. It ought to be a behavior, right? It ought to be, it ought to be a part of our Christian discipline that we pray, yes, but that we pray for those in authority. Are you with me? We pray for those that are in authority. Uh, and, and not just pray, but really pray. How many of us know the difference? Not just pray, but really pray. And the reason I say that is because of the words that he used for prayer in this text. Look at it again. He said, verse, uh, verse number one, I exhort therefore that first of all, notice, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks. You know, I think what he's saying there is simply this. The point is, we ought to pray diligently, fervently. We ought to really pray when it comes to our nation. Really pray. And I think this, I think when he breaks down prayer with supplications, prayer, intercessions, and thanksgiving, you know, what he's saying is the church really needs to pray for its nation. America needs our prayer. So, how can we effectively pray for America. That's my, that's my thought for tonight. And so I'm going to give you, I'm going to give you five, just five. In fact, you can, you could amend this list, but I'm going to give us five things that we ought to regularly pray when we pray for America. We all pray these five things for America. Are you with me? And I think, I think this, I think we ought to make them practical. And I think you ought to carve out some time in your week where you pray specifically for America. I can show you, but I do think you would believe me, that, and I, might, I have my prayer list right on my tablet here, and my Thursday prayer list, tomorrow being Thursday, is my day where I incorporate national prayer. Now, I, I often pray for America. You know, I watch the news and, <laughs> right, you're st- you're stirred to pray for something. But Thursday is my day. I have time slotted in my prayer time for, for, for our nation on Thursday. Every Thursday, I promise you, I can show you. Because years and years ago, I built a daily prayer list, a specific prayer list for each day of the week. And Thursday just happens to be the day, for whatever reason, I'm not sure why, but that's the day I had enough time allotted in that to pray for our nation. What do I pray? Let me, let, me, let me give you the list. You ready? Here's a few suggestions. First, and you've already said it, but I want to highlight it. I think we ought to pray for leadership. We ought to pray for our leadership. Right? We ought to pray for our leadership. Um, Paul said, pray for all men, but especially those in authority. And I think, you know, when he mentions kings in this text, we might take that to mean our national leaders. Right? We ought to pray for our leadership. And so, we should pray for government leaders, beginning with, now pay attention to this, our federal government. And at the top of that list would be our president. Our president. We all pray for our president. Like him or not, yes. But for us, right, we want to make sure that we are consistently praying for our president. You know, when I sat here or stood here last Saturday, right, Tyler? It was last Saturday morning. We had the young people sitting here, boys and girls. And I asked them, so who was our first president? You know? And they knew who he was. They knew who it was. They said, Bob Smith. 
George Washington. And then I said, who's our current president? And they knew who it was. And here's, I immediately said this, and we ought to pray for him all the time. He is our president. We don't have to like his policies. We don't have to like his personality. But we need to pray for him, right? And not just him. We need to pray for his cabinet. Huh? We pray for his cabinet. I think we ought to pray in federal government, right? We ought, we ought to pray for Congress and for the Senate. Now, I, don't, I, don't, I promise you, I don't pray for, you know, all those congressmen and congresspeople. And I, don't, I just pray for Congress and the Senate. And then if there's a situation coming up and, you know, they're in the heat of a debate or whatever it might be, and I know some congressmen or some senators that are in, in, involved with that, I might pray specifically for them by name. Right? But we ought to pray for them. We ought to pray for the Supreme Court. They're making major decisions all the time that if the Lord should tarry is going to affect my grandchildren and yours. So we ought to pray for the federal government. I hope I don't bore you tonight because this is the whole message. Who and how we ought to pray for these individuals. We ought to pray for our state government. Who's our governor? Who? Say it with <laughs> Murphy. Murphy. Governor Murphy. We ought to pray for him. We ought to pray for our government. We ought to pray for our state representatives. I had a chance when I was in Florida, we, would, we, 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 we were part of, um, you know, that, that movement where we would go to the state capitol and present the, um, the, the legislature, legislative body there um, with, with Bibles and, and prayer books. You remember that, Jace? Would you, you, went, you went with this, right? We had an unbelievable time meeting with congressmen and senators state on the state level. And I couldn't believe, we went away from there, couldn't believe how many born-again uh, state representatives there were in the state of Florida. It was, it was like the, the, uh, the uh, attorney general came in at the time. Uh, I won't tell you her name. It begins with Pam. Um, and we had prayer with her on this biggest center. It was amazing. You might think we were, we were a church, you know, and uh, just to have the freedom to walk through the state capitol with Bible in hand, you know. I mean, we're all, we look like senators ourselves, certain, certain times, and man, walking through, and just the power of that place, but also how, how many humble servants of God are there. And it was so encouraging for me to just say to them, because I had all of their names. We had prayer books, had all their names. I was, it's, it's be able to say, that I pray for you specifically each week. And for many of them, man, they were just over the top about that. So we ought to pray for our leadership, federal, state, and then local. We ought to pray for, our, for mayors and, and, you know, city council and township leaders. Don't you agree? We should pray. So what do I pray I tell you what I pray. I pray for their salvation first and foremost. I pray for the salvation of our president every Thursday and, and for his cabinet. For, I pray all the time. And then I pray, I pray this as well. I pray for, for them to be honest and to have integrity as they serve in that office. I pray for the fear of God to be, uh, to be upon them and before them as they make these life-altering decisions. Right? And so when I complain, <laughs> at least I've prayed. 
you know. We ought to pray for our leadership. And then, and then Brother Dave said here, and I have it on my list, we ought to pray for our military. We ought to pray for our military. And, you know, military dates back to Bible times, and military is formed for the, for the defense of a nation. And unfortunately, nations don't get along. And as a result, we need to have some kind of a defense mechanism to protect our land. And that's our nation's military, right? The armed forces. Thank God for the men and women who serve in our nation's military. They need to be prayed for. Some of them are in, they're just in hot spots, you know? And so I pray every single Thursday for our military, each branch of the military. I pray for, for their safety, their protection, those that are on foreign soil and domestic. God, give them courage, protect them, and I pray this, bless their future. Bless their future, because a lot of times when they come home from these distant places, they've been affected. And they come back to a nation not, that's not as grateful as it ought to be. Right? So we need to pray for them. Don't you agree? So pray for our leadership. Pray for our military. Pray for their families as they're away. It always warms my heart. How about you? When I watch the news, and all of a sudden they're, they're showing a little school event you know, and the kids are, you know, singing a song or doing the schoolwork, and their father comes in in his military, you know, his fatigues or his uniform. He's been away for a year, right? Doesn't that bless your heart? Did you ever see that? Oh, it blesses my heart. See, the, that kid just run to that dad or that mom and hug them and just, boy, it's special. And it's, well, I pray for those families as dad's away or his mom's away in the military. And then I think this, here's the third thing I think we ought to pray for, praying for our nation. We ought to pray for civil servants. Civil servants. Let me ask you this, church. Do you regularly pray for the police departments that are enlisted to protect us? We should. We should pray for our police. When we were in Florida, Jason, we had, we had the sheriff's department, highway patrol, and our local, right? Our local county or township police. You know, here, you know, you got, I mean, every street you cross over is a different township, get all these township police, and then you have the state troopers, and they need our prayers. They need our prayers. Mike, you know this young man, just what was he, 29? 27, police officer that was shot, was it over in Deford? Deford police officer was shot, recently died, did his funeral. Um, it's tragic, he's 27 years old, doing nothing more than his job, doing nothing more than what he was paid to do, trying to protect the citizens of that community and someone who had absolutely no regard for life shoots him, and here's a young man who loses his life, 27 years old. They need our prayers. Are all the police perfect? No, because nobody's perfect, right? But we need to pray for our police and so our firefighters, our emergency workers. You know what Mike right here is, Mike McKinley? Mike is an E. He's an emergency worker. He works the ambulance over in Pensalkin. And you know what he tells me? He says, Pastor Matt, that we're overworked. We need workers. We don't have enough people joining the force. So he's working constantly, you know, always pulling extra shifts. They need to be prayed for. Man, could you imagine he pulls up to your house and he's exhausted? You tell him you got a pain in your head. He thought you said a pain in your leg and he shot something. We pray for these individuals, man. Protect them, Lord. And then he go into some dangerous situations, you know. 
right? So we need to pray for them. And, and I think this, we ought to pray for those who are on the front lines. I pray for healthcare workers every Thursday. Healthcare workers. Our local departments need our prayers and support. Right? Uh, tell you what I do. I, was, I went to Wawa this morning, like I always do. Parked right next to a New Jersey state trooper. You know? I, I wanted to get inside and buy his coffee, but it was already, it was already spent. You know, but every time I see a police officer, anybody in civil service, I always thank them for their service. And if I get the opportunity, I buy their coffee. Now, if they're buying a big lunch, it's on them. You know, take out the church credit card. That's a different story. But I want, I want them to know that they're respected. One of the things I was talking to Tyler about the other day is we're down in Florida, Jason, you know this, we had our great commission night, and our teenagers would bake cookies or pies or things of that nature, and once a month we would go to fire departments or police stations and just bring them, you know, and spend, and they love that, right? I mean, they would enjoy, we brought hoagies over one time to uh, one police department, took all pictures with them, all the teenagers got t-shirts. It's, they need that kind of support, right? And so let's be sure we, we pray for them. And then I think this, we ought to pray. And I hope you're taking notes because maybe you'll make Thursday a day where you pray for your nation. Uh, we need to pray for our pastors and our churches here in the USA. We do. And, and, and it's got to be more than, Lord, bless my pastor or Lord, bless the pastors. We need your prayers. Preachers, church leaders need prayers. You say, what do I pray? Here, here's a couple of suggestions. Pray that, pray that they stay strong spiritually. Huh? Stay strong spiritually, more than anything. You know, I get around a lot of young preachers, and I tell you, I'm, I'm, I'm alarmed, Dr. Riddell, because a lot of them don't even have devotion life. You know, they don't read their Bible regularly. They only read their Bible to build messages. No, you need to read your Bible to feed your spirit, feed your soul. You know, you got to get deep in the Word. You got to pray that our spiritual leaders stay spiritually strong. And then, and then pray that they stay strong doctrinally. Yeah. You know, everybody seems to be straying these days on the precious doctrines, and the Bible's not changed. Pray that they stay strong. Pray that they stay encouraged. Can't believe this, and you're not aware of this, but there is an absolute, like no other time in history, a mass exodus from the ministry. Men just leaving the ministry. And finding other work, you know, it's a difficult world we're living in. We need to pray for our pastors. Then we need to pray for local churches to stay connected in their communities. Right? It's important. You need to pray for open Bible. God, please continue to give us favor, big word, favor here in Monroe Township. Right? Wherever we go, may they hear the, the name Open Bible Baptist Church, and then may it ring a bell. Oh, I heard about that church. You're that church that has, you're that church that does. That's why we're always trying to reach out. We're always trying to do something in our community to get the gospel out, right? Pray for local churches to stay connected to their communities and, and open their doors and, and pray that their doors are open and they find new ways of reaching out and that they stay fresh and alive and relevant. Amen? Let me suggest finally, that we pray for revival. We need to pray for revival in America. You know, revival's a personal matter. You're aware of that, right? It's a personal matter. Where does it begin? 
That's right, Rich. Revival begins in the heart of an individual. You know? You can have all the you can have a revival service every week at the church. But unless God's people's hearts are ripe and ready, they're not going to have revival. You know, we need to pray for revival. So when we pray for revival, we pray, God, begin in me. Right? Do something in me. So what is revival? Listen to this thought. Revival is when you and I have just a refreshed, renewed closer, closeness to the Lord. It, it's kind of like a breakout event. We break out of the, you know, the backslidden, mediocre, lukewarm brand of Christianity that many live. And man, we say, God, I need to just have a fresh glimpse of you. You need to draw me closer to you. I tweeted this. I'm a tweeter. It's the only social media that I, that I do. I tweet once in a while. And I tweeted yesterday, I think, this thought about revival. And I said, there's no, there's no better verse in the Bible than Revelation 2, verse number 4, on revival. And when you read in the book of Revelation, chapter number 2, he's speaking about, about the church. Jesus is writing to the churches, you know, and he's talking about, you know, first love, that passionate love. It's kind of like, you've heard this, right, where when, you know, people first get saved, the first two years, that's usually their best years of witnessing. It's kind of like when you first get married. Right? Hey, you can't wait to get home from work. And, you know, then all of a sudden, after a few years, start working overtime. You know? Well, that's the way it is in Christianity. If we're not careful, we lose that, that passion of first love. And we just, we just start going through the motions. Right? And we all do. I do. We all do. But somehow, somewhere, we need to get it back. Where does it begin? Revival is when we begin to pray, God, start something in my heart. Do something in my life. I'm discontent with. Now, that's a scary prayer because God loves to answer a prayer like that. Hello? He does. But that's what we need to do. God, do something in me. Uh, what, what about... What about these revivals that we hear about? For example, wasn't there just this so-called revival down in, where was it, Kentucky, John? Asbury. Who? Asbury. Asbury, yeah, the Asbury revival, right? And, 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 and the year before that, uh, I think there was another one somewhere down there in that region, you know, somewhere in the south, you know, where it just went on and on and on and on. But here's, here's all I know. When I read about because there's, there's, there's books you can purchase and read about the great revivals of history. And every time there was a, an awakening, it was long-lived. And the results were more than just one local area. It spread like wildfire. You know? And somebody, somebody asked me, I think John and I were talking about it, and John said, so Pastor, what do you think about you know, that, that revival down there in, in Kentucky and Asbury. And, and all I said, I think in my response to you, John, was let's just wait and see the results of it. Let's see the fruit of it. 
Because a genuine revival, you know, it's kind of like a wildfire, man. It just spreads, you know? And I think this, when you look at the revivals in history, it never started with a large group of people. It just started, it just started you know, an ember started burning in somebody's heart, and man, they caught fire, and, and man, somebody got close to that person. You know what happens when you get close to fire? Yeah, man, you're going you're gonna to catch fire. You know, it's like the old, old Methodist preachers say, man, set the church on fire. People come just watch it burn. Fire is just attractive, right? And maybe we ought to pray God, begin a revival here in America. But when you pray that, what you're saying is, my heart is open if you want to start here. Because you can't pray for a revival in America if you're not willing for God to start it in your heart. Right? So why don't we have revival? Now, maybe it's not because we're not praying for it, we're just not ready for it. We're just not ready for it. But I think we should be. We need a heaven-sent revival in our nation. Look at that Bible verse again. If my people, which are called by my name, flip the screen, guys, uh, shall humble themselves. What's that? Flog yourself? No, just, just recognize the state that you're in. And I don't mean New Jersey. Your condition. If my people will just recognize their spiritual condition and what? Pray. Seek my face. Turn from their wicked way. Then will I hear from heaven, will forgive their sin and heal their land. Right? It says over in Psalms, Psalmist said this, Psalm 33, 12, Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord and the people whom he had chosen for his own inheritance. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. You know, next week when we celebrate our nation's birthday, Independence Day, 4th of July, it does take me back in my mind, and, and I view some of, the, some of the forefathers. You know, some of those men were of substance. Not all of them. Some of them were heathen. But there were some men of substance. They believed something, you know. Did you ever go down, did you ever, did you ever go down Old City, Philadelphia? and walk through the streets and look at some of the buildings and some of the, some of the statements. It's amazing. Don and I just took a missionary family down about a month ago. We spent, we spent a day down there uh, and just walked around and showed them these buildings and some of the placards and some of the verses of Scripture on buildings. 2023 in a big city. Still got Bible verses. Why? Because they believe something. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord. When you think back to our nation, you can see the handprint of God. Huh? But when you look at it today, and that's why maybe James said this. He said, confess your faults one to another, pray one for another, that you may be healed. The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. Right? So we just need to pray. So let me encourage us, church. Carve out some time. Carve out some time in your, in your week, in your prayer time, and just pray for our nation. You don't have to spend an hour, you know, but I think if you were to pray some specific things, you know, maybe God will hear from heaven. You know? Think back to 
few years ago when we had a man running against a woman for the highest office of our land, remember? 2016. Church was, oh, man. And then the next day when the vote was in and the man won, we were walking around saying, you, this can't be. This can't be. And even though the person was not all that they should be, they did honor God. And you know, we had a few good years. Hello? We had a few good years. And I'm not bringing any, up any names because, honestly, I'm not pro that person. But I do appreciate the fact that he honored God. And you'd see, you've seen the blessing of God once again. But you know what we did? We took a deep breath and just said, wow. And then what happens? 2020. Huh? And our nation is in trouble. You know, I don't blame the White House. I blame the church house. I blame my house. I blame me. I blame us. Right? This is, this is the salvation of America, the church. We just need to do our jobs. God's blessed America, and you know what? I, I, I really believe this. I believe he still can. And he still will, as long as we're here. He still can and still will, if we'll just follow. Follow his word, do what we're supposed to do. Let's pray for America. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, I'm sure glad you came tonight. Hope you carve out some time to pray. Pray for me. Pray for our church. Pray for our great nation. Pray for our leaders. Pray for our military. Pray for revival. We need it. Let's pray. Father. Thank you for allowing us to gather on this Wednesday night. Trust that the uh, Lord will carve out time in our schedule. And, and many of us have busy schedules, and yet we still need to carve out time to pray. Pray for ourselves and to pray for others and to pray for our nation. We've been exhorted from Scripture to pray for all men, for kings and those in authority. We believe that to mean our national leaders. And so help us. And I would pray that we'd see great things take place in our nation, in our community, in our church, in our homes, simply because we're writing ourselves with your word. So guide us and direct us and help us not to take, uh, to take things lightly, to become fearful, but to stay focused and to do our best to walk with you. And we ask for your blessing to be upon this land. And for that, we'll thank you in Jesus' name. And amen. Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcast or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you could give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.